Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. God, I look to you. I, I will be overwhelmed. Give me patience to see things like you do. God, I look to you. You're where my help comes from.
Father, we are thankful tonight. We are grateful tonight. Lord, we are grateful that you are our strength. You are our shield and you are our rock. Father, let us walk in the vision that you walk. And let us walk in the wisdom in which you walk. We pray, Lord, that tonight your spirit will minister to us. Let us not live here the same. But may we live here with another step closer in our walk with you. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We love you. We welcome you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Why don't you take your seat with a big clap offering to Jesus. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Well, for how many of you were not here last Sunday? You were not here last Sunday. Wonderful. Okay. There are a few of you who were not here last Sunday. But last Sunday marked the beginning of our feeding 527. Um, feeding 527. And for those of you who were not here, we began sharing from the book, The Art of Hearing. Now, in the book of Thessalonians, chapter 5, verse 2, or verse 27, 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 27, Paul charged the shepherd of the church as he wrote to the pastors, he says they should read the epistle. He charged them to read the epistle to the entire church. Hallelujah. You know, there are some people that even if you were to write individual letters to, they would never open them. You know, a lot of times we send messages through our WhatsApp and our SMS messaging system. And so many of you don't get the message. Because when you see it, it's... You just delete it. Another of the church people things. Another of the church things. But don't do that. I say don't do that. You may miss, you know, a lot of times some of you receive mails that are bringing you blessings, but you throw them away. You don't even open them. But you realize that all the mails come in a similar package. You know, everyone will write very important. Do not throw away must read, and so on and so forth. But you have to take your time. Even if it's something that you think it is not of value, open it and see first. And then throw it out. Else you may miss some important message. Amen. It's not every mail that is a junk mail. Hallelujah. So there are some people that if you were to write the letters to, they will not read them. So Paul charged that the epistle be read to the entire church. And it is upon this scripture that we also, we have a feeding 527 in Lighthouse Chapel International. Now, we have a shepherd, the, the founder of this church, who has been blessed to write books. And he has written so many books. And the interesting thing is that people are being blessed from this book. 
The bishop has written books that other churches are being blessed from them. Churches are being established from the books. Churches are increasing. And last week, Sunday, we shared something that was so amazing and which I believe that everyone that was here should have a different mindset and attitude towards books. Hallelujah. Everyone, Donna, why are you so far and Esther? Why don't, Esther, why don't you come forward? And Donna, come and sit here. This is empty. I want you closer, closer to me. It's a family service. Amen. Those of you who come for weekday service, you are very special people. Amen. You are very, very special people. And you, you have taken your work with God to another level. Amen. Anyone who does well, anyone who goes higher, does the difficult things. Do you understand? If you do things that everyone is doing, you will all be at the same level. But when you do things which are higher than what everyone else is doing, that is what takes you higher. Do you understand? The things that you are comfortable with, the things that you you know, the things that you know, the skills that you are you have that you are good at, they have brought you to where you are right now. Do you understand? If you are going to go any higher than the place where you are, you have to acquire new skills. You have to, and you have to do more difficult things than what you are doing. And the reason why some people go higher and others stay is because not everyone is able to do difficult things. But anyone who takes it upon himself to do a more difficult thing, you see the person going higher. You see the person leaving the people behind. You are running and you are all tired. But the one who is able to mount up more energy and run even further, you see the person separates himself from the rest of them. So you see all of them are behind, but this one is... Look, I have seen this even in our workplaces. You see, you are working with these nurses and you are working with them and you are working with them and then suddenly you see one, every time they have breaks, they all go and sleep. Do you see? But you have one that whenever there's a break time, she goes to sit somewhere and she's reading. She's doing her assignment. She's doing some homework. She's doing this. She's doing that. As soon as the, the shift is over, she wants to finish her nose quickly and she's going to school. And you see the person going and coming, going and packing. Sometimes you see the person very tired, but she's here. She's working. Do you see? Very soon you see that that person is now, she has put off the nursing clothes. She's wearing some nice suit and nice things. And what are you? I'm a manager. I am a this. I am a that. Do you understand? And you see that suddenly she has left all the people who were sleeping. Do you understand? And she's moving forward. Yes. I have seen in the unit, you see these nurses come from the floor. You know, and they come to their work in an intensive care unit and they don't have a lot of experience. And they, suddenly you see Every time they see you talking to the residents, they come around. You see, they just came. They don't know anything. And you have some who have been there for many years. Do you understand? Many years, and they do the same thing. But you see, medicine is moving forward. 
Do you understand? It's moving. So you see these young ones that just came. Every time you're talking, they come and they listen. Every time you, they come and they listen, you see very soon, you see that they have moved forward. And they are bypassed the other ones. And you see that everyone goes to them. When we have difficult cases, when you have like liver transplant, we are looking for one of those. So it's amazing that you are looking for one of those who just joined to take care of someone who just had a heart transplant or liver transplant or things like that. And it's because they are doing harder things. They want to learn things different from what these other ones know. And that is what is going to shoot you forward. Amen. That is what we're going to shoot you forward. Hallelujah. So don't never be, if you are comfortable in any stage, see to do a little more difficult things. Do you understand? And when you are doing a difficult things, understand that that is what is going to push you forward. Don't say, this is too difficult. I can't do it. This young lady here, when she, she finished school, nursing school, and she's working and she's working, she said, I want to move forward. And then she had a discussion. She said, Reverend, but this thing is too difficult. It's too challenging. I said, you can do it. You can do it. Today she's finished. She's finished. She comes and says, it's not easy. I said, you can do it. Today she's finished. And is she the same level as her colleagues who were doing this? She's not. She's not. Why? Because she did something that they were not prepared to sacrifice. Sacrifice is what will always move you forward. Look, if you are not prepared to sacrifice, don't expect a blessing. Before he was called Jesus, before they say that you receive a name that is greater than any other name, he had to sacrifice. He had to sacrifice. Amen. You have to sacrifice. If the church is going to move forward, as tired as you are as a pastor, you can't go home and start eating kelole and eating um, fried plantain and beans. You are tired, but you are working. Do you understand? That is how that you, you have to sacrifice to gain anything. Amen. You have to sacrifice. Hallelujah. Amen. You have to sacrifice. Difficult as it is. That is what will move you forward. Amen. 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 Wonderful. So in that light is why we are sharing from one of the most anointed books that the bishop has written. The bishop is so anointed. Let me tell you something. We have a bishop who is so anointed. He is so anointed it is just too much. Do you understand? And anyone who sits under him, the anointing will just fall upon you. I am telling you something. I am I'm, I'm serious about what I'm telling you. He is so anointed that anything that he's doing, if you join it, you'll be anointed. And you will search forward. Amen. If it wasn't for, if it wasn't for Lighthouse, I would never would have been a pastor. But there's so much anointing on him that if you avail yourself and you want to be under him, the anointing will come upon you. And you I see a lot of you can become pastors in this church. A lot of you, pastors and lady pastors. I am telling you, 
If only you are, you are prepared to avail yourself. Sash, you can become a lady pastor in Lighthouse Chapel International. Yes. Amen. God, God doesn't look for skills. God doesn't look for people who are good orators, people who, are, who, who can speak well. That is not what God looks for. Amen. Moses, he, got, he was a stamina. Do you understand? He couldn't speak well. And so when God wanted to send him, he says, oh, my brother Aaron is a very good speaker. He speaks well. So let's call him and let's send him. He said, God says, you are the one that I want to send. God does not look for people who, are, who have certain skills, people who, are, who have learned certain languages, you know, people who, are, who have, you know, you have some, you have learned grammar. You know? You, you realize that, you realize that you, you hear someone who is breaking the language, breaking it every sentence, breaking it, but you will be so blessed. You will be so blessed. You'll be amazed. Yeah. And you will be sitting down, analyzing the person's grammar. Analyzing the person's grammar. You see the person surging forward like this. And surging forward. And surging forward. Amen. Amen. Are you blessed? I am blessed already. But tonight, I want to share from, I want to share from the book, The Art of Ministry. By the way, that is all we are sharing from for the next six weeks. We're sharing from The Art of Ministry. And the wonder of the books that Bishop has written is that you can open any page and share. And um, you'll be blessed. Tonight, I want to share with you from chapter 8. How many of you have your books with you? You brought your books with you. Chapter 8 of The Art of Ministry by Bishop Dagwood Mills. It's a powerful book. Why do we share from the books? Because they are anointed books. They are preaching messages. Amen. Chapter 8, it talks about how your value is determined how your value is determined hallelujah how your value is determined now valuation or placing value on things on people is something that people intentionally learn it is very important that you'll be able to evaluate things to place value on things or on people hallelujah now, of course, we all have different opinions about things and we place different values on things. But there are certain things that when they are evaluated and they are valuable, you can ignore them. Do you understand? And sometimes, too, depends on where you are is, and what you do is what makes you valuable. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? If you are a wife and... All you know to do is office work. You are not valuable to the husband. Because there's no office work at home. You are a wife, but you, you, are, you are a good at round table. You can sit in executive meetings and you can deliver messages. But at home, you can't do anything. You see, your value at home as a wife is zero. Amen. 
Hallelujah. And of course, others also, others may value things which you may not value. You know, there was a time that people were using diamonds as stones to play, uh, to hit bets. You know, they would pick up diamonds and they throw as stones. You see, and then they throw it and they light the glittering. You know, how it is glittering. You know, they play with diamonds. What do they call that thing that they um, juggle? They play with diamonds like that. Big diamonds and they're using them as stones. And then someone also came and said, hey, stop throwing them. <laughs> picking all of them and taking to his country. He said, these stones, don't worry. I'll pay you this much. Move from here and go to this place where there are real stones. Real rocks. And go and play with them. Ask for these stones. I'll, I'll buy them. And the people were ready to move. Why, do you, why, why is he picking these stones? What is he doing with them? You see, no value. What a shock. But there are several things that determine our value. Amen. And when you work for the Lord, you must increase your value. When you are doing things for God, increase your value. Let God find you valuable. Hallelujah. You must understand what makes you valuable to do things. And then increase in that thing. If there is something that you know how to do, learn to be good at that thing. Hallelujah. Learn to be an expert in that thing. Because like I was saying, if all of you know how to sing, and there is one who knows how to sing very well, of course you are all singers, but there is one who is always practicing, listening to songs, listening and learning. Listen, some of you just listen to songs and you just enjoy the song. You are a singer, but you don't learn anything from the songs. Amen. You don't learn. When you are watching um, music videos, you should look at people. Look at how they interact. Look at how they smile. Even when two people are singing. Did you see how Salome and Salome was? It was beautiful. It was beautiful. How they communicate with the song. And laughing and smiling and enjoying the song. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. That alone can minister to people. Do you understand? It can minister love. And they will see, oh, there is love in the choir. Look how they are singing. It's not like two women who wants to, you know, the usual, you know. <laughs> Powerful song. I enjoy that song so much when they minister it. It's powerful. Amen. I say I enjoy it. I don't know about you. <laughs> it looked like you didn't like it when I said I enjoyed it. You are jealous. You are jealous. Hallelujah. So as individuals, it's important to know and to learn what makes you or what increases your personal value, you as an individual, that personally, this will increase you. This will make you valuable. Hallelujah. And you should explore in that area. Amen. So how do we increase our value? How to increase your value? The first one is your value increases when you can be sent. Your value increases when you can be sent. Amen. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8. 
Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8. He says, Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Does it look like there were so many people? Does it sound like anyone can go? Because if you are looking for a particular person to go, you will not ask a group of people or you will not ask a large number of people who will go for us. Or you will not even throw that question. You will call a particular person. Do you understand? But he says, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Here am I, send me. So immediately you have that response, you become valuable to that person. Immediately that becomes your response, you become valuable to the one who is looking for someone to send. Amen. But it's not everyone who can be sent. It's not everyone that can be sent. Now, these things that we are learning, I want to caution you that it also applies to your individual lives, at your workplaces, how you can increase your value, how you can become valuable to your bosses, how you can become valuable to the company, which in turn will set you forward. Because when you are valuable, you become prosperous. Amen. So the things that increase your value, hallelujah, and we say that when you can be sent. Your value increases when you can be sent. And we are saying that not everyone is sendable. The person who is being sent on a mission must have a special ability to be faithful without varying the message. Hallelujah. You must be faithful and not vary the message. Amen. You may all have the same qualification. Do you understand? All of you may have the same qualification. You may have all been in the church for the same number of years. We have all been here all these years together. And you may have all done the same exams and all passed. Do you understand? You may have done or attempted at least pop, sap, pop. You have attempted all this, or you may have attempted post. Because Lighthouse, even if you attempt the exam, we count it. We count it, and it's valuable to us. Because, you see, not everyone was bold enough to attempt the exam. So you attempted and you didn't pass, we still follow you. We know that you have a heart. You have a heart and a preparedness to be taught or to learn. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So you may have all attempted exams. You may have all passed. You may have all attended some camp meetings. But you see, not everyone can be sent. Though you all have the same qualification, though you have all done the same thing, it's not everyone that can be sent. Amen. Amen. You may have been in the church for even fewer years than others, but you can be sent. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You may not have been here so long, but you can be sent. Now, what makes you sendable, what makes a person sendable, and in fact, valuable, is your loyalty and obedience to the one who is sending you 
and your loyalty and obedience to the message that you are being sent with. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So sometimes you send people and in the end, you are better off not, not sending them. Sometimes you send people and you, you wish you had not sent them because in the end, the outcome is worse off than nobody going. You couldn't go, so you sent someone. But in the end, the outcome is worse. Hallelujah. The person doesn't have your heart. The person is going and he doesn't have your heart. He doesn't have anything of interest that pertains to you. What a person is carrying is not going to benefit you. Though you are sending a person. And oftentimes you see that you send people and then when they get there, they begin to sympathize with the people you send them to. Do you see? They begin to sympathize with the people that you send them to. They begin to get accustomed to the people that you send them to. But you see, the sender has something in mind. Whoever is sending you, the Bible says of Jesus, it says that he sent them two by two to the places where he himself would have gone. Where Jesus wanted to go, that is where he sent his disciples. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So he has something in mind. If you were to go yourself, there's some things or there are some things that you would have done. But you decide to send someone and you are expecting that the person would do exactly what you would have done. Do you understand? So for instance, Jesus, God sent Jesus to us to do what? To save us. How? To die for us. Do you understand? To come and die for our sins. That is, that was the mission that he was sent with. But when he arrived here, he saw there were a lot of sick people. There were a lot of poor people. So he decided to heal them and sick them and, and, and save them from their sicknesses. Do you understand? He's healing them and saving them from their sicknesses. He's healing them and saving them from their sicknesses. But he never lost focus of the mission for which he was sent. When he went to the temple, even as a child and his parents came to look for him, he says, don't you know that I must be about my father's business? They were, they were worried. They said, ah, son, where have you been? Been looking all over the place for you. He said, ah, where else would you be looking for me? Where else? Don't you know that I must be about my father's business? Do you understand? You see, when you are not spiritual and you don't understand spiritual things and you are not loyal, you may think that is rude. Do you understand? That is why sometimes, even when a younger person, maybe I appoint someone who is younger than you as a leader and is doing certain things, you say, you are rude. Why are you doing this? Why are you... And then he sees that you are doing something wrong and he's pointing out to you. You become angry. Because the person is... But you see, if you understand spiritual things, you know that the person has a mission. Someone has sent him. Oh, you don't understand what I'm sharing with you. Yeah. Amen. 
The sender must have your voice. The sender must have your interest. Amen. Look at the follow-up team, for instance. You know, you, 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 you should have people who, when you send them, we say, go and visit these people. Go and visit that person. Go and visit. You are comfortable. You are, you, you are okay. That when they go, they will say the things that you will say. When they go, they have your interests. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? But there's someone also, when, when you send a person to visit another person, the person will not come to church again. You send a, a person, and just a few minutes that you are with a person, the person will not come to church again. You go and see all sorts of things, some things that you don't know, and you're making up and putting all, and saying all sorts of things. Look, you are, you, you are not a valuable person. You are not the person that anyone would like to send. Though you seem to have the qualification. Though you seem to have all been here this long. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? It increases your value when you are sendable. When the person who is sending you will have peace. And is comfortable. And he knows that what you are carrying is exact message that I, the, the sender would have delivered. It makes the person very comfortable. And he's not worried at all. Amen. He's not worried at all. Hallelujah. He's not worried. Sometimes I call people and they say, oh, brother, this called me. Oh, and you know, you see the person was so happy that this person called. Oh, sister, this one called me. There was someone who was in church last Sunday and she's not been in church for a while. And then as we were talking, he says, but this sister. And then she pointed to me, that sister. I said, but this sister. She calls me all the time. She calls me. And I could see the joy in her that this sister calls me all the time. But I believe that the sister doesn't call and say, huh, ask for this church. That's how they are. Since you have not come, you see, nobody calls you. That's how they are. Am I not the only one who is calling you? That's how they are. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So that makes that person valuable to me. That makes that person valuable to me. And when someone is valuable to you, you do everything you can to make the person also happy. You increase your value when you are sendable. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You increase your value when you are sendable. Hallelujah. You see, that is why ambassadors... When they send ambassadors to various countries, they send them, say, for instance, the USA sends ambassadors to various countries. After four years or so, they bring them back and send another one. Because if they don't do that, when you go to that country, you begin to get accustomed to the people. You begin to sympathize, begin to sympathize with the people. You begin to understand them. You begin to understand why they present false documents. You see, you realize that, oh, the thing is not their fault. If you have lived in the land, you realize it's not their fault. But the, the land from which you are being sent, false documentation is illegal. Whichever way you present it is illegal. You go to jail. And in fact, if you are presenting any document, they make you sign. That if this thing that you are presenting is not the truth, you go to jail for five years and they find you $25,000. But 
But you see, after you have been with the people for a while, you begin to eat their food. So you go to the place where they even buy the food. And you also go there. And you are in the line with them. And then you see the dust over the food. And you see the flies over the food. And you see, ah, who wants to live in a country like this? No wonder all of them want to live and go out of the country. So you see, you begin to sympathize. They bring illegal documents and you say, oh, it's not your fault, you see. So after four years, they have to bring you back and bring another one. Otherwise, you become accustomed to them. You understand what I'm sharing with you? You become accustomed to their needs. And you, you realize that, oh, in the land, everyone takes bribe. Everyone takes bribe, you see. So now you also, you begin to take bribe. They ask you, is that your husband? It's not your husband. Okay, bring 5,000, 10,000. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Because if you live there for too long, you become just like them. You become just like them. So they bring you back. They bring you back. God sent Jesus to come down. And then, you see, he could have continued when he saw the people. When he saw how poor they are, how sick they are. He could have continued healing them for the ne- another 30 years. I said, oh. He said, Lord, because maybe the arrangement was that he'll be here for this number of years. And then he'll go on the cross. But he could have said, oh. The Lord will say, ah. Maybe God will say, but you're not going on the cross. <laughs> he says, because you see, when it was not time, Jesus said, it's not my time. There were times that the people wanted to push him over, kill him, do this. He would sneak and then he would dodge them. Because it was not time. It was not time. But when it came to time, and the people came, the, even the disciples drew swords. He says, listen, the time is here. I have to go. Do you understand? But you could have said, God said, ah, but you are 33 years old now. <laughs> Why are you still doing on earth? And then you say, you, you are not here on earth. You don't know what is happening here. <laughs> You are sitting in heaven and you don't know what is happening here. We are the ones who are in the field. And we know the needs of the people. The people are suffering. Eh? I have to extend the thing for another 30 years and heal them before I come. Do you understand? But he did not lose focus of the mission. He never changed the mission. He never changed the vision. And for that reason... The, the Bible says that he gave him a name that is above every... Listen, you increase your value when you are sendable. He says, now sudden... Do you think he would have acquired such a name if he had taken it upon himself? Look, you stay there. When I'm ready, I will let you know when to go. But let me... And continue healing the people. You see, sometimes you feel that it's a good thing. If you were there, you would think that it's a good thing. It's a good thing that now he, oh, he has extended the thing. He told the disciples, I am going to Jerusalem, and the people will do this to me. I'll be, uh, be crucified, and this and this. And then he says, look, the way the things are, I think we will do it next 30 years. We'll, you will say, oh, thank God. Ah, this premature 
living would have been disaster. You would have thought that is very appropriate. Do you see? But because he focused on the mission, the Bible says that in the end, he acquired this name. That at the mentioning, just the mentioning of his name, every knee bow. And there's so much power that has been placed in his name just because he was a sendable person. He was sendable. Kwame, do you understand the word of God? Yeah. We sent you as a missionary. And we, we say you are a missionary of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Go and preach the word of God. And then you go there, and then you see that, hey, the people, they are poor. The people, they have a lot of marital issues. They don't have jobs. Their children don't go to school. So now your message has changed from the gospel. Your message has changed from salvation. And every time your message is about prosperity and how God will prosper you and how God will lift you up and how God will exalt, your message has changed completely. Marriage. And your message is not just about marriage. Because you see that there are too many single people in the church. Amen. They have given you, they say, go and share about the art of hearing. Say, art of hearing. The people need marriages. You are talking about art of ministry. What ministry? The people need food. The people need to eat. They need jobs. What? Art of ministry. You, you lose your value to the sender. You lose your value to the sender. Amen. You lose your value to the sender. Hallelujah. If you begin to change the message, you lose your value to the sender. You say, go ye into all nations. Go ye into all nations. You say, hey, there are a lot of problems here in Jerusalem. We have not finished in Jerusalem. But he says, go ye into all nations. You say, look, there are a lot of, survey, a lot of people that need to be saved here in Jerusalem. We are not going anywhere. Until we finish the work here in Jerusalem, we are not going anywhere. You see, a lot of people, they complain, they say, ah, but Lighthouse, there are so many souls in Africa, and there are so many um, Muslims, there are so many unsaved people all over in Africa. Why are you coming to America, to Europe, and to India, and all these places, and starting churches? You see, you are not spiritual, so you don't understand. You are not spiritual. And because we are because we are being sendable, because we have become a church that is sendable, that is why God has placed so much value on this church. That is why God has lifted this church up so much. Yes. That is the reason when you are sendable. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you this evening? The second one, your value increases when you can Bring a project to a close. Your value increases when you can bring a project to a close. Your value increases when you can bring a project to a close. Hallelujah. Do you have your books? We are reading. Are you reading with me? Yeah, that's point number two. Your value increases when you can bring a project to a close. Amen. You see, some people are able to start a project, but they can never carry them to a close. They start something they cannot bring to an end. 
Amen. But what is interesting is that no matter how much effort you put in a project, when you start a project and you don't finish it, it has no value. Do you understand? What is the value of having a nice Mercedes Benz and one wheel is off? You say, I have a nice car. They say, bring it. You say, oh, but one wheel is off. We say, we are going to this place. I have this nice van. We can all ride in it. Oh, that's nice. Then we are coming. You say, oh, but one wheel is off. So you are just like someone who doesn't have a van. So you are now joining us to go and get a van. Do you understand? Even though you own a van, and, but the van cannot move. So any project that does not come to an end, it's as though you didn't even start it. It's the same thing as you never have the project. Do you understand? So if you begin something that you don't finish, you may have completed 90% of it. That 10% that you have not finished nullifies the whole thing. You cannot begin to talk about, oh, but I have done 90%. It's of no value to us. It's of no value to us. If you are building a church and then you have finished all the walls, everything but the roof is not there. It's of no value to us. It is just the same as we will sit outside and have our service. Isn't it so? Yes. Because we are exposed to the same weather, the same rain, the same snow, everything. So we might as well sit outside. Amen. And anyone who begins anything and doesn't finish it, you lose your value. If you begin something and you don't finish it, you lose your value. The Bible says Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. Hebrews 12 verse 2. Jesus authors and he finishes. He starts and he finishes. Amen. He starts and he finishes. Paul said, I have finished my race. You have to finish. It is only when you finish that you have a reward. If you don't finish a thing, you don't have a reward. Amen. When we were in school, there was a guy who was, there was something wrong with him. But he was a very fast runner. <laughs> you know, he was a very fast runner. And then when we were having in, inter, 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 inter houses, and we are running, he represents his house. But he needs a lot of encouragement to finish. <laughs> because he can run and leave all of them behind. And then when he, he will never come to the finishing end. And then he will stand there and then get in fans. So they say, go, go, go. <laughs> He's not come to the finishing line. Maybe the finishing line is here. But he realized that, oh, the guy is so fast. So he realized that people are all behind. So he comes and then as they are booing and they are just cheering him, he just lifts his hand and then he's jumping and then he's dancing. And then they say, oh. <laughs> and then he can, he can enjoy until the, all the people will come and pass him back. <laughs> so what good is a person who is such a fast runner but cannot finish? The, the house never wins a cup. You can't go and push him. 
You can't touch anyone who is in a race. So they're begging him, go. If I mention his name right now, it would not be nice. So I will not mention his name. You go, 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 go. And then he thinks it's more fans, you know? More fans. <laughs> he doesn't understand. After running all that, it still is last. So there's no value in anyone who is not able to finish anything. If you are able to finish something, a value is placed on you. If you begin a project and you are able to finish, they reward you. You, you become valuable if you begin a project and you are able to finish. Turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 6. 1 Kings chapter 6 and verse 37. First Kings chapter 6 and verse 37. Amen. So you see people begin, people start school. They start school and they say they are doing, they begin off, they say, oh, I'm doing nursing. And then they go and go and go and go, they don't finish. And then they say, oh, I've changed my mind. Now I'm doing radiology technician. And then they go and go and go and go. They say, oh, now I am doing physical therapy assistant. And they go and go and go and go. And then, you see, so you realize that this person has gone to school many years. But there's no value. You have no value. You have gone to school many years, but you are still a security guard. Do you understand? There's no value in you because you have not finished what you began. Amen. First Kings 6 and 37. It says, In the fourth year was the foundation of the house of the Lord laid in the month of Ziph. And in the eleventh year, let's read from the NIV, please. It says, In the the foundation of the temple of the Lord was laid in the fourth year in the month of Zeph. In the eleventh year, in the month of Bu, the eighth month, the temple was finished. Say finished. 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 It says in the eighth month, the temple was finished in all its details according to its specifications. In all its details, according to its specifications, he had spent seven years building it. Hallelujah. He had spent seven years building it. And it was finished in all its details. In all its details, everything about the temple was finished. According to all the specifications that were given. It was not that, oh... We finish, oh, it's just the tires. We can use it like that. Do you understand? It's just the tires. Oh, just a few tires on that wall that we have not finished. But we can use it like that. As for the tires, we can finish. It says every detail, according to the specifications that were given, they were, everything was finished. So because of that, chapter 9, verse 1, chapter 9, chapter 9, it says, when Solomon, when Solomon had 
finished building the temple of the Lord and the royal palace and had achieved all he had desired to do, the Lord appeared to him in a second time. Do you realize that? He says, when Solomon had done what? Had finished. When he had finished. So, we, we remember when God first appeared to Solomon, when he became a king. We didn't hear of God appearing to Solomon again. During the course of building the temple, we did not hear of God appearing before the, before the king. Now the temple, how many years did it take? Seven years. God never appeared before Solomon. And he had not been a king just for seven years. He had been a king for many years now. And now he was ready to build a temple. But the Bible says, when he had finished building the temple, suddenly he has a value. It says, when he had finished building the temple of the Lord and the royal palace and had achieved all he had desired to do. He had achieved all he had desired to do. The Lord appeared to him a second time as he had appeared to him at Gibeon. Do you understand? Then he said, the Lord said to him, I have heard the prayers and plea you have made before me. Look, some of you, your prayers have not been answered because you have not finished what you began. You have not finished what you began. Some of you, you made certain pledges to the Lord. You have not finished it. Look, it is better off you didn't even pledge. Some of you, you there, there was a day that you came to church and as you were preaching, you purpose in your heart, I am going to join the choir. I'm going to learn how to play an instrument. I am going to do this. You purpose in your heart. It's a covenant that you made with the Lord in your heart. And then you are praying certain prayers. Some of you on Covenant Sunday, you made certain covenant with the Lord. And you have not finished it. But he says that the Lord said to him, I have heard a prayer and plea you have made before me. Just as he finished building the temple, he appeared to him to give him this. Suddenly he has become valuable enough to bring on God's visitation. You have become valuable enough that God has to visit you. May you be valuable that God will visit you. As you finish a project that you have taken on, may you be valuable some of you, you will be valuable to your bosses when you finish a project that has been assigned to you. Sometimes even in school, you finish a project, you finish a project on time, and they place a value on that because you delivered it on time. And sometimes, because you don't deliver it, you don't submit it on time, you lose value. Instead of an A, they will give you B plus because you, it was delayed. It is nice. You did it nicely, beautifully, but it was delayed. Someone understand what I'm sharing with you? He says, he says, I have heard your prayer and plea that you have made before me. I have consecrated this temple which you have built by putting my name there forever. You have made it valuable. 
God will not place his name on a temple that is incomplete. God will not place his name on something that is not complete. He says, I'll place my name on it forever. He says, my eyes and my heart will always be there. Look at the fellow suddenly. He says, my eyes and my, my heart, my heart, God's heart with you. Man, only blessings, only good things. He says, will always be there. And then he says, as for you, as for you, let me tell you, when you finish something, you become so valuable. You become so valuable. So he says, as for you, as for you, as for you, as for you, if you walk before me in integrity of heart and uprightness, as David your father did, and do all I command and observe my decrees and laws, I will establish your royal throne over Israel forever. As I promised David your father when I said, you shall never fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. As for you, because you have finished what you began, because you have finished it, you completed the project. Suddenly, you are singled out and special value has been placed on you. Amen. Look, a lot of you have lost value at your job because there's so much piled on your desk. So much incomplete assignment piled on your desk. Whenever they, they, they call for the project that they give you and you finish, you submit it, you know, you, the moment you do that, you touch your boss's heart. Because a lot of times, even when they are asking for it, they are asking ahead of time so that you will finish it the next day or two. But when they ask for it and then you say, here it is, suddenly you become valuable to him. Suddenly you become valuable. Endeavor to finish what you begin. Endeavor to finish what you begin. You only increase your value. Hallelujah. You only increase your value. Amen. I say you only increase your value. Hallelujah. Sometimes we begin things and we never finish. Sometimes it's because of the difficulty. But you see, anyone who finishes something is someone who breaks through the difficulty. The thing, listen, the thing that will prevent you from finishing a project is the difficult thing. Always remember that. Sometimes you are doing something and you are enjoying it. You, when you are enjoying, you see, when you are reading a book and you are enjoying it, you don't even want to put the book down. Do you see? But sometimes you are doing something and you are enjoying it. So you are doing it, you are doing it. And then you get to a point where you realize you slow down because that time, it is not fun. But that is where everyone ends. That is when everyone stops. But if you are able to break through and then go to the end, suddenly there's a value on you. Suddenly there's a value on you. So anytime you are doing something and you encounter difficulty, understand that it is a point of placing value on you. And if you are able to break through, there's a value that is placed on you. Amen. You know, for instance, in a church, for instance, you see that we have people that as soon as church is over, they're gone. As soon as church is over, that is the majority of people. But you see, there are some few ones that when church is over, they're still doing work. 
They are still doing things. They are going here. They are visiting here. They are calling this. They are doing this. They are arranging this. They are rehearsing. They are doing this. Such people, they are valuable to the pastor. They are valuable to the pastor. So, don't you think that when some, a person like that, something is happening to that person, the pastor will run quickly to that person? Of course, the person is valuable to you. You don't want anything even going wrong with him. The person is on your heart, on your mind. He says that, as for you, he says, as for you, as for you, as for you, as for you, you'll be singled out and you'll be valuable. Amen. You'll be singled out. A value will be placed on you. Amen. But there are some that their service ends at the May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, even that is too long. It's too long. Why this grace? Every day we have to share the grace. So you see that as they are sharing the grace, you see they are packing their things. As they are sharing the, the love of God and the communion, the fellowship, and, and they're gone. True or not true? Look, everything that I'm sharing with you, I've also been there before. So don't bring yourself. I have been there before. I have done that before. Amen. But may the Lord bring you to a place where you also will tarry and finish your work. We have a maximum Sunday in this church. We maximize, our, we maximize the Sunday. We do a lot of our work on Sunday. Amen. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14 and verse 28. Verse 28. It says, Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? Anyone who starts building something and you don't complete it, Jesus is not happy with you. He says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down? And estimate the cost. Why should a person sit down and estimate the cost? So that you, you to assess that you'll be able to complete before you begin. Isn't that so? So we are not happy when you begin. You join the choir and we know that we have this number of people. And when we need you, you are not there. Why don't you assess the cost that it involves rehearsals? It involves staying behind after church. It involves that the, the, the choir master will correct you when you are wrong. It involves coming and sit down on time. It involves discipline. Assess the cost before. It's not just about beautiful women who are standing in front of the church and they are singing. That is not what it's about. That is not what it's about. Which, of course, we like to see nice young men and women standing before the church and singing. But that is not what it's about. It is about the sacrifice. It involves some sacrifice. It involves some sacrifice. And analyze the cost before you join. If you want to join the prayer ministry, it's not just we want us to know that you are spiritual. Prayer ministers that are sleeping. At dawn, 5 a.m. 
Not at 5 a.m. I said, put a thing on speaker. Let me hear the people who are on the line praying. And dead. No, no one on the line praying. I said, look at these people. Look at these people. Meanwhile, people are sleeping and they think that prayer warriors are praying for them. And then the next thing that you hear, I said, turn the thing off, turn the thing off. It is killing me, even. Prayer warriors. He says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower, will he not first sit down? If you are joining the prayer ministry, don't you sit down and analyze and say, the people, they pray. Prayer ministry means we pray. We pray at all times. Yes, we pray every day. (laughs) Thank you, sister. You see, someone is leading prayer, and the person is the only one praying. It is difficult. Look, that is why everyone should learn to do that. Then you realize that when someone is praying, you have to pray. I said, ah, there are about 30 people on the line at the end when we are. But we had like three people play. They just, only three. And then he says, can I hear an amen? <laughs> and there's no one on the line. You are the only one praying. So say your amen and move on for the people. It's like, what is wrong? What is wrong with the people? Very soon, we are going to do FaceTime praying. FaceTime praying. We are going to do FaceTime. We will sign on FaceTime. You wait. We are getting the technology. We will be FaceTiming. Oh, yes. Oh, that's how we have our pastors' meetings. When we are having pastors' meetings, there's a video conference. So, you are sitting down, and we are there. We are all on the video, and we are watching who is there and who is not. Who are just signed on the thing, you are just that, and then you are doing your cooking. Or you are dead, you are, you are on the prayer line, you come on the prayer line, and then you are taking a shower. Some people have cell phones and home phones. So they sign on the prayer line on the cell phone, and they're having a conversation with their friend on their home phone. We know all of that. But very soon, all of that will be gone. And you will realize that once we institute that, not many of you will come online. And that shows everyone who doesn't come online, you are the one that you have been always sleeping and talking. When we institute our video conference, we will know the ones who have not been coming on the line, who are always signed on but don't pray. We will know. Don't you think we will know? Yeah, that will be a way what we will know. Amen. Let's just finish. Our, our time is... He says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower, will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation and is not able to do what? And is not able to do what? He says, if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him. That means they will laugh at you. That means anyone who begins something that does not finish, we're supposed to laugh at you. Because I didn't write the Bible. 
Jesus says, for if he lays a foundation, you begin a fa- you lay the foundation, and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you. It's scriptural. So if you begin something and we are laughing at you, don't blame us. He says, the next verse, for he, if he lays, for, they will ridicule you, saying, this fellow began to build and was not able to finish. He began to build and was not able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Will he not first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? You have to sit down and analyze it. You have 10,000 men. Will you be able to fight this man who is coming with 20,000? If he's not able, he will send a delegation. You see, when you analyze it, you tell the choir master, listen, this choir thing, I think it's too much. It will not work for me. He will, says he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, any one of you who does not give up everything he, he has cannot be my disciple. Do you remember Jesus says that if you want to be his disciples, you have to continue therein. Continue. You have to continue. Amen. You have to continue. If you are not able to continue, you will never finish. And if you are not able to finish, you are not worthy. You are not valuable if you don't have the ability to finish. May the Lord grant you the ability to finish projects when you begin them. You see, there is a country that I know of, you know, they have so many buildings, so many buildings, and they are not complete. So many, bu- I don't, I've never seen any place that has so many buildings, but none of them are completed. You see, huge buildings, big buildings, but they are not complete. It begins, the country begins with I didn't say it. I didn't say it. So you also know. Because you all said the same letter. How many of you have seen those buildings? Many of them. Listen, that is why there's no value in a country like that. There's no value. In a land where there are so many incomplete buildings, there's no value in that place. Put up structures. So why don't you sit down and count the costs and see that I'll be able to build one bedroom house and finish it. Why do you want to have six bedroom house and you are not able to finish? You are the same way as the person who is homeless. 11 bedrooms. I see this huge project. One here, another huge one, another Nobody has finished. And very soon you see that the weeds are growing and growing and it overtakes. So when I look at your land, you are the same way like the one whose land, nothing has been done on it. You see, look around this place and see how many incompleted buildings that you can see. That if they begin something, they will leave it and then they go and begin another one. Never. Never. And for that reason, that is why you are here. Because there's value in the land. Anyone who begins a project and finishes it, you are valuable. Put your hands together for the Lord. Our time is up. Our time is up. Stand to your feet.
bring the service to a close. Oh, pray that the Lord will give you that ability to be sendable, a loyal spirit, someone who will not change the message, someone who will not transform the message, someone who will have the heart of the sender, someone who will have the interest of the sender, that you are sendable, for when you are sendable, you have value, you have value, you have value. When you encounter people that you are sent to, it draws their heart to the one who sent you. You are valuable. Yes. Place value on you. When you have the ability to begin a project and finish, you place value on your life. You are valuable. Yes. to your bosses. Things your boss can send you to represent him. He says, for this meeting, I am sending this person. And I'm sending that person. There is a meeting in this country, but I'm sending this worker. When your boss can do that, you begin to have value. You begin to have value. You begin to have value to the company. You begin to have value to God. When God can send you with a message and He can trust you with a message, you become valuable. You become valuable. You become valuable.
Jesus. Father, that is our cry tonight. Our cry tonight, oh God, is that we are sendable. Father, may we be valuable church members. Father, may we be valuable Christians. We say, just show us the way and we will go. That our love for you will be stronger day and day out. Father, that we will not deviate from the message that you have placed on us. We will not deviate from the calling. But Lord, give us a heart. A heart of a sender. Let us be loyal to the sender. We are thankful, O God, that what you entrust us with, we are able to finish it. May we be finishers of projects. May we be ones who begin something and we finish it. Father, may we begin what you have given us. The project that you have given us. The church that you have given us. Father, the ministry that you have given us. May we continue in and finish it. For when we finish it, he said the temple that you have given us. May we continue to build until we finish. And when we finish, you say, as for you, as for you, as for you, as for you. May we be counted in heaven. That as for this church, as for these church members, as for these women, as for these men, as for these children, as for this church. Lord, may we be in your hearts and may we be on your mind. May your eyes always be on this temple because we are determined to finish what you have given us. We thank you. We are grateful. In Jesus' name. Amen. If there's anyone here this evening, you want to give your life to Jesus, just lift up your hands wherever you are. You say, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to serve Christ. I want to serve Jesus. I want to welcome Jesus into my life. If that is you, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? You want to give your life to Jesus? With all eyes closed, every head bow. Just lift up your hand wherever you are and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? Father, we are thankful and grateful for the gift of salvation. We thank you, Lord, for our lives. We thank you, Father, that we are called to be partakers of this great and wonderful ministry. What a blessing and a privilege it is to know Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We are grateful tonight for your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you clap for Jesus? We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.